Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. He's indeed Tristan. I am merely Eric, and this is Fantasy Focus Baseball from Monday, August 26, 2019. Troy Farkas handles producing duties this fine day, and Tom Carpenter silently editorially watchdogs. On today's fine show, Jose Ramirez breaks a bone in his hand. Oh no! We highlight some of the recent hot hitters and pitchers and wonder if they can continue their success, plus the normal foolishness with combo meals, closer carouseling, myriad hash browns, you know the drill. Tristan, how are you this fine day? Oh, I'm quite fine. How are you? All is well. Final uh, week of August. You're, you're all ready to go for this final week, the final week of the traditional head-to-head leagues matchups. Next week begins the playoffs after a crazy weekend. I mean, geez, what isn't going on? It's exciting. And, you know, one can argue September is the best time of the fantasy year because you and I are going to still be competing in baseball leagues yep. that go down to the wire. And then fantasy football starts. It's How did um, how'd the vampire thing go this week? Did you win? I did. But the team I'm playing, it was kind of like a like, – why, why bother? The team I'm playing had like Adam Jones and like injured players in his lineup. And so it's a hollow victory. I looked at his team. I, th- I think it's Syndergaard I'll, I'll take. but Okay. What did you do? How did you do? Yours is more important. You can still make the playoffs. I won by 10 points. Great. Still in the running. Probably still need to win this week in order to make it in, but I can, you know, make it in based on the, the competition around me if they don't do so well. Uh, but I also have a tough choice of... Actually, I won by nine points. There's a scoring change. Oh, no. I might take JT Real Muto. Nine is very few. <laughs> it really is, yes. And, and if I lose that matchup, it's over. So you have you have to win this week. And I should note, um, yes, probably, yeah. So Ben Thompson, Ed, uh, looks like Sean Rosales is making the playoffs. Uh, Tom, the intern, could make it in my league. So that's kind of fun. Um, anyway, let's get on to the news of the day, including a major injury and lots of other stuff. Here's the buzz. So while writing today's blog, we still have a fantasy show and a fantasy blog. Um, you know, I'm struggling with where to put Jose Ramirez next season. We, I'm assuming this season is done. It's a hammock bone injury in his right hand. Uh, the hammock bone is that little bone that sticks out where your wrist is. I think I broke mine playing softball two weeks ago, but I'm playing through it, Jose. I don't think he will. Oh, no, your power. I'm going to have to drop you in all my, my fantasy my leagues. My power is definitely going to fall. And my last at bat, like I hit a weak grounder in a second. This is clearly something wrong. But um, for Ramirez, I would you, first, first off, would you cut him right now? Because he could come back for the final two weeks, I suppose, but that seems unlikely. Isn't it like a six-week thing? I think it's pretty unlikely. The other thing, too, is I think at that stage, and I mentioned this many times, playoff teams or teams that are fighting for the playoff spots, unless they are in a really tight race and they have to play him every day, say, for the final week if he heals that quickly, they are only going to be geared up towards getting him a few reps to get ready for the playoffs, and that's not the headache you want to deal with in fantasy. Which they may not make. They're, they've fallen behind the Twins again. Uh, those are three teams for two-spot wildcard race, maybe four if Boston gets hot. I think so. they'll probably make it, though. Don't don't you think they're, they're no, better I, than I don't, odds? I, I think right now Cleveland and Oakland are my favorites over Tampa. Tampa's been doing some weird stuff with their pitching recently. They're not hitting very much. I think Tampa might fall short. 
And, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, teams are spending twice as much money as they are, and Oakland for that matter. Tampa's but. in a pretty tough schedule spot. That's, you know. Boston's good. They still have to play them a bunch, don't they? Well, Boston, the thing with Boston is the rotation isn't deep enough to be a serious threat for the playoffs. But, yeah, they could be a real headache for teams like the Yankees and the Rays, and they're, they're going to face those teams. Tell me, um, what do you do with Ramirez was the number four pick this season, and nobody thought that was, was odd, okay? Like, he was um, MVP candidate in real life and in fantasy last season. But the way this season went, maybe it shouldn't concern me. Maybe you're not. But, like, for three months, he was nothing. He did terrible except for stolen bases. Then he batted 327 since the All-Star break with big power. So I don't know what to make of that for next year. I want clarity. I want consistency. And he did not offer that. Mm-hmm. I, my, my, my gut feeling tells me Ramirez goes in round three. Do you agree with that? I think that's about right, yeah. And I, I don't have a problem with trying to make the case that he's potentially a top 15 overall player. I also don't have an issue with the people who are the pessimist and say that he's not even a top 40 overall pick. The thing with him is we, we'd have to grasp to the 41 games he's played since the All-Star break, and I haven't done enough of a nitty-gritty breakdown of the quality of contact and the batted ball distributions to, to judge this. But if you pace the numbers, he was a 52-homer, 47-stolen-base guy over 162 since the All-Star break with that 327 batting average. That is the Jose Ramirez of old, not the one last year, the one two years ago. And that is a potential first-round pick. So I'm a little bit more pro, but I agree with you. It's tough to, to gauge today. And and what changed? Uh, when I look at his numbers, what I see is he was being heavily shifted uh, when he was batting left-handed. And he looked like over the past couple of weeks, he didn't care about it anymore. He just, he just started hitting the ball hard. He wasn't trying to avoid shifts. I know that sounds like weird, but he just was hitting the ball harder. He was pulling it harder. Um, he was hitting it higher. He was doing, it almost looked like he had like a, like a hand injury for the first three months. That's kind of what it looked like, which is weird. Now maybe he did and nobody said anything. He did show a hint of shifting. Remember what we talked about with the negative from him last year is that he went all out trying to loft the ball. He was doing the launch angle thing. Since the all-star break, he's done a little bit of shifting back towards line drives and it's bumped up the quality of contact. Again, I haven't done the, the deep research on this thing. You're, I think you make a good point here about the shifts, but. Something's changing. So I'm going to say right now, third round, uh, if it's him or Altuve, I don't know. I, you know, like I'm just trying to think of players who are going to go in round three. And Aaron Judge might go late round two, early round three. I think – see, I like stolen bases. See, I'm different than most people. I'm going to take guys like Ramirez because I want 2020 guys. Right. But he scares me so much. Like it, it's going to be t- tough for me to – Invest like also, Tommy Pham. I guess it has to be Ramirez there. Oh yeah, but I don't. I don't think Pham is a, a remote possibility. No, I don't think top he's top fifty. Rounds. I'm just trying to say like Could those are the type 50. of players I target or guys who are 2020 possibilities. By the way, for the 2020, we only have two guys there so far. I think we have four. Do we? <laughs> well, right. well I, I saw the second one and four. I haven't added the two since. So, so the, the, the four. <laughs> See, we're breaking news on the show. Yeah, Acuna obviously is already a 30-30. Jonathan Villar joined the crew yesterday with his 20th home run. Yep. Jose Ramirez is there with 20 and 24, and Starling Marte is 22 and 24. And there's so not... I have received erroneous information. Okay, my I'm mistake. I'm trying to see who else could correct. get there. Francisco Lindor is two steals away. Trevor Story is two steals away. Pham could make it. Puig could make it if he's so inclined. Um, Victor Robles needs only four home runs. Low batting average guy, but Victor Robles is going to be really interesting for drafts next season. Again, you're taking Jose Ramirez over Victor Robles, but 
if you look at the numbers, Tristan, they have the exact same numbers. Batting average the same. Now, obviously, walk and K rates are different. But how can you justify Ramirez in round three and Robles in, like, round 13? Like, that's kind of what's going to happen. And I, I'm going to look at that as ridiculous. Yeah. And you bought me a couple minutes here to check Robles' quality of contact, and it really has not improved that much. It's not. But I—, I I agree with you. There's there's a lot to like here, and I think that Robles has an excellent chance of being a, a good value selection next year because I think it will be tough for him to crack the top 100 overall picks, and then I'm on board if he's outside that group. But again, the quality of contact, it hasn't gotten better. He hasn't given us any sort of underlying numbers to suggest that he propels himself up to, say, top 40 overall status. So give me this in a 30-second nutshell. Sure. Does it worry you when a player is this hot and cold? For head-to-head leagues, obviously, it's a much bigger deal. You might have lost a lot in the first three months. In a full-season roto, maybe not. But what's your take on a guy who is just inconsistent like this? I I want an explanation for it. I mean, the guys who are big power and swing and miss a lot, I I think that that's understandable, and you make the seasonal projection, and you understand you require some patience. If it's a player who doesn't really have any rhyme or reason for it, I tend to be more pessimistic about those types. I don't want to deal with the headache of guys who are just unpredictably, uh, you know, Hot and cold. Paul Goldschmidt's falling into this a little bit over the past. Absolutely, absolutely. He's in the same boat, and I've already put him in like round five. It's no steals. That's why Ramirez goes ahead. Still a very, very good player, but I I think that the reputation for Goldschmidt over a half decade was that he was a clear first round pick. I don't think that's even that's not remotely in the table now. No. Other injuries here. Uh, Didi Gregorius is it serious? It was a shoulder. He was hit by a pitch. Like it sounded weird that he would he would be. It was a nasty hit by pitch. Uh, It was Kershaw, but still. he probably do you leave him active this week or you sit him if you can if you can sit him in fantasy i'll say today i lean towards sitting him just because of the look of the play but it could just be two three days uh steven piscotti and meatballs to the injury list with an ankle sprain i didn't see that news when i spent five dollars on him in our office <laughs> to yeah. replace no more mazara um mark Kana, number two hitter of the week mark Kana is pretty good He's hitting right. He's well. Not for a ton of power, but he's hitting them well, squaring the ball up. Yeah, it looks terrific. And Ramon Laureano, who are you more likely likely to activate this week, Didi Gregorius or Ramon Laureano? Uh, probably Didi. I, I like where Laureano is trending, but they it does sound like they want to get him at least two three games of a rehab stint, get those fully in before they activate him. Uh, Willie Calhoun of the Rangers, number five hitter over the past week. Yeah. Buying? Is this a 30 home run guy next year? Yeah, that was my big fab target for the week. I like Willie Calhoun. You know I've liked him for a while. I, I love the ability. I love the ballpark tying into that, and he's looking good. So Give me his numbers over 600 PA next season. Um, and we two, assume he plays every day. Yeah, I'd say probably like 275, 280. Um, seems high. It does. I mean, I think he could get that. It's just as likely he can hit 250 if he tries to go all off for power. See... I'll I'll say he hits 28 home runs with that 275, 280. If okay. he drops it to 250, goes for power, maybe hits 32, 34. Not a base stealer, though. Nope. Okay. That's something to be mildly concerned about, I suppose. Yeah, he's a guy who's not... The names we mentioned before, I don't think he's even competitive with any of them, including Robles. Where, where does Austin Meadows go next year? He's the number six hitter of the week. He should be stealing more bases. 280 with 23 homers and nine steals. I don't know why he's not running more, but your thoughts on Meadows? Is he... Meadows or fam next season? Uh, I think it's fam, just based on the little bit lengthier cons- uh, track record of consistency. Consistency. Meadows actually fits our description previously about the extreme inconsistency. He had that awful. I think it was the month of July. It might have been June, and I'm, or maybe it was part of both. He was awful. 
He was great in April, and he was awful for that month's time. That bothers me because typically he's a contact guy. Top starter of the past – pitcher of the past week, Dakota Hudson of the Cardinals. Andrew Heaney's on this list. Steven Matz is on this list. Marco Gonzalez, uh, I don't want any part of Are that. Are you a buyer of Hudson, I have to ask? No, too many walks. I, last I looked, he had like a, a decent ERA, and his whip was 1.51. I buy the whip. I believe that the FIP that I saw thrown out there was higher than five for the three yeah. straight shutout uh, appearances. Yeah, I, I don't want any part of a guy who's walking line. I do think that he could make strides next year. It's a 1.48 whip now after his last outing. He has not allowed a run in his past three outings at Kansas City, home Milwaukee, no hits in that game, yeah. and home Colorado. So I would say the Kansas City outing easy, Colorado outing easy, yep. and Rockies don't hit on the road. But he walked nine guys in that span, and he struck out 13. Yeah. I don't want to deal with that. I, I This is a walker, and... That's I I don't want a walker on my team, so I'm going to say no. He has a place, and I think that is as a streaming option. If you want to do the juice the orange thing, be my guest. The Milwaukee game was impressive, but I agree. The the underlying skills, and the forecaster hates him. Hates him. And the forecaster always hates Annabelle Sanchez. His last outing was at Wrigley. It was great. I benched him. I'm not happy about that. It's grading him a plus this week. It's grading him a, a clear starter. Uh, when I looked, I have Annabelle versus, I'm trying to think who the guy is that I, I, I it was Annabelle Cole Hamels, um, Homer Bailey for one spot. Yeah, Bailey's a two-start guy, but one of them is the Yankees, yeah, and I don't want it's that. on the road. And Hamels now, I'm officially worried. So he's not going deep in the game, not getting strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the hot hitters and pitchers of the past week. Now this from our friends at Lightstream. Um, credit card bills every month. You get them with multiple payments and multiple due dates. Wouldn't it be easier to have just one payment at a lower rate? Of course! Well, you can with a credit card consolidation loan from our friends at Lightstream. Get a rate as low as 5.95% APR with AutoPay. It's lower than the average credit card interest rate of over 19% APR. Plus, the rate is fixed, so it will never go up over the life of the loan, and you can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. The online application is so easy, you can apply right from your phone. And just for our listeners, apply now to get a special interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount, though, is to go to lightstream.com slash FFB. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash FFB. Disclaimer, subject to credit approval. Rate includes 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change. Without notice, visit lightstream.com slash FFB for more information. Now, the combo meals. Hey, it's a combo meal! Combo! Combo! It's a combo meal! What an exciting crew this is. Ronnie Rodriguez plays for the Tigers. John Birdie. Do you ever play the game uh, baseball player or congressman? John Birdie's a baseball player. Yeah, <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> we and should do a little of that on this show. <laughs> Josh Van Meter, is he a baseball player or is he a congressman in Florida? <laughs> you know? Oh, jeez. Uh, do any of these guys uh, tempt you in the least? Uh, Birdie can steal a base. I mean, they all did this week when they hit a home run. Ron Ronnie Rodriguez is the number 10 hitter of the past week. Yeah, Van Meter is the kid on the Reds who plays he's second base eligible, has some pop. Any of these guys interest you? And the crazy thing is, I've seen other cases where he's a uh, shortstop eligible offsite. Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, all three are juice the orange types. Van Meter is the most interesting one since his call up in July on the 18th. He started 24 of 34 Reds games slash 314, 386, 529, and they are using him occasionally as a leadoff or number two hitter. So based on the matchups for this week, 
I do think there's you know, there's there's cause to start him. Who's a course this week? Atlanta for a day. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh has a four game set there. Pittsburgh has been. Other than the three games where they went in double digits, they have been an awful offense lately, but this is a great opportunity for the Pirates hitters. Brian Reynolds looks good this yep. week at Coors. I'll go as far as saying Adam Frazier is the under or is the beneath-the-radar guy. All right. Uh, that's it for that section. Now it's time for the Closer Carousel. The, the Closer, Closer Carousel. Carousel. I think it's pretty clear Mark Melanson is set as Atlanta's closer. He may lose the job at some point, but he's clearly the number one guy there. Yep. You can part with Shane Green and Luke Jackson and Newcomb all you like. Um, yep. Toronto, I think it's Derek. So Melanson wouldn't be in our top 10 closers, but he's got to be in our top 20. Um, man, that Kenley Jansen outing. Now I'm, I'm facing, I, me and this other team in another league. He's got Kenley Jansen as his only closer and he's trying to close it out against the Yankees. And I'm like, man, bases loaded one out. He's going to blow this save. I, I can't get any more saves and he gets out of it, strikes yep. out the side. But he looks terrible doing it. It's like a wobbly boxer just trying yep. to hang on. Um, Pitcher it, in transition. Yeah, it's 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 kind of sad to watch in a way. But he got the save. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I don't think – I don't want to put Canley Jansen among my top five closers next season. I really don't. I don't blame you. I think you – I don't think it will be that tough to find five you feel more comfortable about. I don't know. It feels like it might be tough. <laughs> well, I, I don't think there's any question. I mean, you know, barring injuries. Kirby Yates and Josh Hader are the top two. Josh Hader doesn't look good either, though. I mean, your no, point about the home runs. Given double-digit home runs. It, yeah, it's not It's not going well, and they're they're going to Matt Albers more I mean, often now. I guess Yates or Araldus will be the top two closers with Hader right there. Roberto and Asuna. has questions. They all have questions. Roberto Asuna is another. Uh, Asuna is on a very good team. He will be next year as well. Yeah. Yeah. Will Smith is actually the number two closer for the season and ESPN's player rater. It's yeah. Yates, Smith, Araldis, Asuna, Hader. Brad Hand has been terrible of late. Felipe Vasquez, who has like three saves in a month. Liam Hendricks is the number eight closer for the season. Alex Colomay is ahead of Kenley Jansen. Hector right. Neris is right there. Yep. I mean, that tells you all you need to know. I mean, nobody wants to roster Hector Neris, but he's the same player rater value as Kenley Jansen. Yeah, yeah. Um, any other situations? You, yeah, yeah you, you you kind of breeze past this one with the Blue Jays and Derek Law. I, isn't the Blue Jays' current situation just a little bit of a headache? It is, because Ken Giles is active, and he's still not getting every save chance, but he's clearly the closer. Well, he, yeah, but he was away for three that or maybe four days for the paternity yeah. leave. Yeah, and, and the problem with this is I, I'm with you on, on Derek Law. He's pitched very well, and he's deserving of that spot. But Giles is there to sneak in every other day for three out of seven games. It's it's annoying. Yeah, but if you're Toronto, why why risk Giles getting hurt? Never use him on consecutive days. I understand what they're doing. But they want to trade him this offseason. But they're a team that's not winning a lot of games, and if Giles is there every other day, then that's going to eat into the volume that Law could see. Look, if you don't want to activate Giles, I'm with you, man. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, I sat LeClerc in two leagues this week. I'm tired of this act. Yep. Um, uh, you know, Giles, I would sit if I had him anywhere. Um, I'm not activating. I mean, Ryan Stanek is clearly Miami's closer, although they're saying now Jose Uranium might be their closer when he comes off the injury list. Yeah, that'll be in weird. a couple of weeks. Let me give you some yes-nos for just this week. What do you think? Sure, go ahead. All right. Will you start these guys or not? Uh, will you start uh, Taylor Rogers? Yes. Okay, I'm with you on that one. Would you start um, Mike uh, Matt McGill? You know what? He's he's the latest Ian Kennedy. Yes, I, I might consider doing that. <laughs> I actually might. I I'd I start don't McGill feel good over about Giles it. and Leclerc. Wouldn't you start McGill over Giles and Leclerc now? Over Giles, yes. The he's only clearly reason, their guy, right? But the only 
the thing that makes me uncomfortable about uh, McGill this week is that they do have the Yankees series to begin the week. I think it's going to be tough for them to get a good number of saved okay. chances. That's fair. So that scares me a little bit. But but I'm, I'm leaning yes. Ryan Stanek. No. Won't start They him. only beat the Phillies. They, they can't beat any other team. I would agree with that. I mean, I think he is their, their go-to like, guy. Can we, just, can we just go? You want to rant on the 1911 game? Because, <laughs> man, yeah, that, oh, that angered me greatly. I'm sure it did. I turned it off. Like, I, I can't remember a season, even when they were last place most of the last, most of this decade. I can't remember a season where I turned off so many Phillies games in the middle of the game. Either knowing they're going to lose or just mm-hmm. watching a seven nothing lead dissipate. They get up nineteen runs, Tristan. Yeah. That's like like something our sim team would do. It's just crazy how that would happen. Yeah. And your sim team did it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you saw Sorry that was cr- that. yeah. It was the football score twenty one to ten? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen often. Um, oh, anyway, who was your next guy on the list? Daniel Hudson. Hmm. Yeah, that because this is the one that I'm having the hardest decision about in all of my league. Daniel time. Hudson versus Matt McGill. Hudson's a better pitcher, and it's obviously a better team that should give uh-huh. him more chances. You know what? I will start Daniel Hudson because I think he's clearly like the guy. It. Yeah, it's like not Strickland it. or Rodney. I don't know when Doolittle's coming back. I'm with you on that, and I, and I've been leaning yes in my leagues. I've been on the fence. You've talked me into it. Well, you shouldn't be on the fence. It's quite dangerous. That's true. That you know, you know especially the ones with like that. that we're not uh, 25 anymore. So I, I'm as your friend. I'm telling you. <laughs> Going on a climbing a fence or straddling a fence, I think it's a little bit dangerous for you. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, and some you of those have... fences have that. What do they call it at the top? The uh, little <laughs> what do you call the thing? The thorny metal thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, like like electrocute you or something. Yeah. Oh no, about? the electric! Don't don't sit on the electric fence. <laughs> <laughs> so you appreciate this. My kid comes home this weekend and he's got stains all over his shirt. I'm like, what is it? And his quote is, this might be gravy. You know how many times he said that to me? That's what I think about when you, you had your, this your might shirt. might be gravy? Yeah, you don't know what it gravy. is? You don't, no, they, they, kids never know what the stain is. Oh. And that's you with the turkey leg t-shirt. <laughs> this might be gravy. In that case, I think it definitely is gravy. It's not from like jumping a fence or anything. Uh, Let's I, take almost, a <laughs> I almost made that my Twitter background yesterday. And it doesn't quite fit the length that they require. Okay. <laughs> but I really wanted to make the turkey leg thing my background. <laughs> uh, I had another three little pig sandwich at the Lehigh Valley Iron yeah. Pig game on Sunday. Oh, I got to know. It didn't bounce. Did it was it? a high strike. <sighs> high strike. You know what angered me? I wanted to throw from the mound. They wouldn't oh, let me. They were like really? setting it up halfway in between. So oh. I would have thrown a strike if I was on the mound, okay. but I didn't. They let me throw the first pitch in exchange for uh, fantasy football advice. And uh, what a great stadium, great ballpark, yeah. great atmosphere, so creative. Everybody there so nice. Thank you to the Lehigh Valley Iron Picks. Best minor league organization, bar none. And I've been to others, and I'm just telling you, they're fantastic. No more home games this season, but next year, go go patronize the Lehigh Valley Iron Picks, please. I will, I will give you credit for a strike on that one because you know what? It would have been called against Aaron Judge. Taking go. a look at the schedule now, um, your Yankees are in Seattle for the late night ESPN game. Jay Happ has been awful. Jay Happ reminds me of Porcello this year. Can't use him. Um, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, just un- can't yes. even describe well it. Well said. New baseball, but everybody's dealing with the new baseball and some of them are really good. Sonny Gray is really good now with the new baseball. Oh, so, so here's the question in that game. He's not the starter in it. He's the long man, but Tommy Malone. You're using Malone over Happ? 
No, because Seattle's offense without Santana, without Hanniger, poor Mitch Hanniger's got to be done for the season now. I got got to love right-handed bats in this game. I understand. Yeah, I mean Tommy Malone's not going to pitch. It's a well. shame that Kyle Seager isn't a right-handed hitter. It's an interesting day. The first ESPN game is Adam Wainwright and Gio Gonzalez. I wouldn't use either of them, but and Gio Gonzalez is not going deep enough because Milwaukee's not letting him. There is a day game. It's a makeup Atlanta at Coors Field, three yep. ten p.m. Eastern. So please get your weekly lineups in. The worst thing is if you don't set your lineup. And this is the last week before your fantasy playoffs, and you do something dumb. Um, mm-hmm. I saw on your rank, on your ratings that Tim Melville, Colorado, has great like ratings, and I, I didn't understand that because he doesn't have a track record. He's an older guy without great stuff, and he's p- pitching twice at Coors. Why would Tim Melville get such a high ranking in your uh, rank? You know, yeah, your- that's the thing. It's a two start, and it's a juice in the orange. Now the Atlanta start today is the scary one, but I tend to pick on the offenses that are forced to travel in those unusual circumstances. And then, of course, the Pirates. I mentioned about the Pirates. The Pirates, other than Starling I mean, Marte and Brian Reynolds, they're awful. I don't want any part of a Coors pitcher this I, week, too. Yeah, and including the closer, Estevez. In fairness, I'll give you this. The average game score for a starting pitcher, the go is 52. He's 50 and 48. So he's graded a null, but it's not, not a, a lot, lot. Not a lot to go on. I mean, Dustin Mays at San Diego today. What's his second start if he gets it? Yeah, the... And that's the thing. I don't think you could trust any Dodger makes two starts. It's a six-man rotation for the first turn, and they haven't declared the Sunday starter. May would be on that day. It would be out at Arizona. I would Arizona. still use May, even if it's one start instead of oh, yeah. Melville. Oh, yeah. And Pablo Lopez coming off a long injuryless stint at home against the Reds. You and I both like Pablo Lopez quite a bit. Yep. I'm not sure I would use him today. Who knows what his pitch count is. And Brad Keller, the Royals announced, will not throw 100 pitches in a game. 99 is okay, but 100 <laughs> is not. The barrel come out. Need a break. Know? <laughs> I mean, give me a break, people. Bears are hungry. Come on, the right side here. That's terrible news for Brad Keller, but at least he's a two-star pitcher for this week. He's got Oakland and Baltimore at home. Uh, Tuesday, any pitchers that uh, we need to discuss? Um, On Tuesdays, Adrian sleep. Hauser at home against St. Louis. Hauser has pitched well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Pineda is still available in a lot of leagues at the White Sox. At yep. your Alito. so you know the White Sox. Giolito's not giving up a lot, although it's Minnesota. So, like, would you use Pineda here? Like, Giolito, to me, is is that top 15 starter. Yep. You know, Trolley Morton. Two-start guy. Wow, Trolley Morton back at Houston against Verlander. That should be interesting. Yep. Uh, this stuff with Verlander, uh, ridiculousness. Um, Mike so Fires at Kansas City. I would definitely use Mike Fires this week. Yes, and he graded quite well for this. As a matter he's of fact, good. Oakland, he's better than most people think. Oakland, I mean, other than what I've said before about Keller facing uh, facing Oakland in that particular game, Oakland actually stacks up very well both hitting and pitching. Despite the Yankee series during the weekend, I still think that they're, for the most part, good. Uh, the ones that were questions for me, Andrew Heaney could be a two-start pitcher if they choose to allow him to do that. Cal Quantrill was one I was a little uncertain of. Does he get the two starts this week? Would you start either of them? Uh, Quantrill's first outing is home against the Dodgers, so I'm going to say no. And then the second one, if he gets it, is going to be a Sunday at San Francisco. Love that. Yeah. He- Heaney against Texas at home. Rangers are not scoring runs like they did in the first half of the season. They're the anti-Jose Ramirez, uh, so I like Heaney against the Rangers. Now, he could pick up a second start. They have been choosing to give him more than four days rest, but it would be home at Boston or home against Boston on nope, Sunday. Not, not in. So uh, you're out on Heaney because of that. Uh, I'll chance it because of just I would the text. Take him over, Quantrill. Okay. Uh, Wednesday of note, Chris Paddock at home against the Dodgers. You do not want this. Paddock is pitching poorly. He's going to get shut down any minute. No. I know he's good, but no, he's been terrible of late. Yep. Um, Fulton Nevich at Toronto. I'm in on that. Mitch Keller at Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm in. 
I mean, come on. Philly's offense, wildly inconsistent, whether Harper plays or not. No on the Phillies offense. Yes on Mitch Keller. Keller probably only five innings. Time. Yep. But um, that's the first half of our show. Coming up next, it'll be the Hash Browns. All right, time for the second half of our show in the Myriad Hash Browns. We hope you have questions. It could be about the next couple weeks or this week, or it could be about next season. Maybe you're already out of it in your league and you're thinking about keepers. So we're, as far as I know, every Monday and Thursday. So whether Kyle sends the tweet or not, get your Hash Browns in. I'll read a couple that he posts here, and then I'll look through my Twitter stuff and see if I find some more. Um, Joe, with an innings limit looming and recent struggles, cutting Chris Paddock in a redraft. Would you cut Chris Paddock before this week? Because neither of us expect him to pitch well or long this week, and we do expect to get shut down soon. That's not a playoff team. He and Quantrill could both be shut down early. Yeah, and I'd have to pull up exactly where the, what the rest of their schedule looks like. But uh, he's in the streaming class right now. If it's a no for this week and it's one start, and he's going to make, for the most part, one start per week going forward, I think you can free up that spot for... So let me ask you names and see what you would do. Sure. Paddock or Ryan Yarbrough? Um, I'd probably still stick with Paddock. Well, yeah, I'd probably still stick with Paddock. Dakota Hudson. Right now, I'd probably shift to Hudson and juice the orange. Andrew Heaney? Heaney, definitely. Adrian Hauser? Mm, coin flip there. Michael Pineda? No. Pineda, definitely. Homer Bailey? Mm, no, I, I I did pick him up in one league where the two starts matter. Well, the fact that we even, you even have to think about it is news in itself. Because Paddock, we thought, was going to be... While he pitched, a potential top 20 starting pitcher. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's nothing against the guy. I think he's full of talent. But, I mean, we mentioned the Dodgers matchup. Okay, so I pulled up the September for the Padres. They've got four games against the Cubs the second week of September. Then three at Coors Field right after that. Four in Milwaukee right after that. they got the Dodgers for three games the final week. There are not a lot of soft spots here on the schedule. Sounds like I don't want Cal Quantrill active in an NL-only league. <laughs> but I do have that. <laughs> but, I, you know, at what least are you gonna he, do? he's pitched a little bit better lately. Uh, I, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, the Padres pitchers, I'm not feeling comfortable. I'm not feeling comfortable in that league. I think I know how it ends. Bill, how do you manage your team in the fantasy playoffs? Uh, sounds like a question for next week, but do you manage differently? I mean, obviously, you're still looking at two-star pitchers. You're still looking at matchups for the hitters. If you've been riding a certain hitter all season long, chances are you're not going to sit him in the playoffs. Though you should play your best guys with the matchups, whether they've helped you or not. There's no loyalty, so if it, you've rode a guy for five months, don't... Don't assume you have to do it in uh, uh, September, but any uh, general uh, advice you can give for fantasy? Because maybe this, guy, maybe Bill's fantasy playoffs start this week. Yeah, I mean, other than the obvious, don't overthink it. Um, I would be more pessimistic uh, with injuries in the absence of news that a player is going to play. So, for example, not Didi this week, but Didi the second, third week of September. If there's an injury, I don't think a team in their situation is going to push the player to play a large number of games. I would avoid him and find somebody else who is going to give me volume. Volume is king in September. And the advantage for people in the fantasy playoffs is, you're in a 12-team league, four teams make the playoffs. What do you think those other eight teams are doing? They're off napping and playing their fantasy football. So, it's a free agent frenzy for you on those four teams maximize your starts if you have a starts cap you maximize your starts go over on the last day if you don't use every start you are wasting resources i've never had a problem with streaming pitchers during the playoffs definitely load up on volume on the pitching side and the other thing i would recommend here is look at what your opponent is likely to do 
I have a league in which there's at least one team, maybe two or three, that don't have any closers at all. So rather than me use three closers, I might use only one. I wouldn't use zero. I don't want to end in a zero-zero save tie. I want one closer. Assume he gets a save. I win saves one nothing in my head-to-head. So look at what your opponent is doing. Maybe he's loaded up on steals. If he's loaded up on steals, I still wouldn't sit Trey Turner, but I would sit Malik Smith maybe, you know, if he's going to beat me in steals anyway. So I look at that a little bit. Anything else? No, that's the main it's a good point. No, it's a good point. Derek has a question. Freddie Freeman versus Trevor Story. Six by six format for the rest of the season and in a keeper league. Ooh. That's interesting. I, I My gut tells me it has to be Freddie Freeman, but you noted Colorado still a lot of home games left. Um, Story has to be younger than Freeman, I assume. Colorado's schedule would have them seven games fully at home this week. They're entirely in the road the following week. They've got six at home the week after that. Then they finish that homestand with three and then three on the road. And then it's another three on the road, three at home for the final. Story versus Freeman in a dynasty. Now, Freeman to me is one of the most safe, maybe the safest hitter there is. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, he's only three years older than Story. He doesn't steal bases Well, like Story. Well, Trout's the safest hitter there is, but I see your point. Well, I don't know. Like, yes, yeah, safe, of course. But Freddie Freeman hits 300 every single season, Tristan. Right. And with power. Right. Doesn't steal bases like Trout, but Trout doesn't steal bases like Trout. So, I, I, I mean, I'm not, we're not here, I'm not debating those two guys. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying that Freddie Freeman, if he's not the most, maybe he's number two. Like, on the season player rater, Mike Trout is number five and Freddie Freeman's number seven. Mm-hmm. The stolen bases are not that much of a difference. And mm-hmm. Trout, I don't want to say gets hurt more than Freeman, but I think he, I feel like he does, but anyway, Freddie Freeman's really safe. Now, Trevor Story's number eight for the season on the Raider. So you make a decision. Freeman or Story in a dynasty. It's tough. I'm taking, I'm taking Freeman. I am too. I I, you, I don't think you lose here badly. I'm, I am I want the consistency. I think there is something to be said for the consistency. I don't like the – I love when the Rockies play at home, but in a head-to-head league, I hate when they play on the road, man. They just don't hit. They just don't. Here we go. Um, what are Story's road numbers? Yeah, that'd be a good question. I was trying to dig up uh, 300 with 20 homers and 90 RBI, and then I realized that Freeman had fallen short of that in 2017, the injury. Um, he has a 763 OPS yeah. in road games this season, yeah. and it's the same every year. Now, he does have nine homers and 10 steals in road games, but and I love him at home. I love Arenado at home, but you know Arenado, like somebody, one of our friends was trying to trade for him in a sim league. They don't hit on the road, and they don't translate outside of Coors Field. Mm-hmm. So... I kind of avoid Rockies hitters to some degree. Anyway, that's enough on them. I do think Story stays there for enough time that it's oh, yeah. not going to matter in the foreseeable future. And I think he's an outstanding player. But I, Freeman is just Mr. Consistent. Four best, years in a row with 300 baseman. average. Every Four year. years in a row with 23-plus home runs. I mean, you could go back before, and he had had years like this even before that streak had begun. I yeah. love his approach. I do, too. All right, now we approach this from our friends at SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? It is as if they are so big they can get away with not caring about the customer experience. The real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? Well, with millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more! SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. 
Why is SeatGeek better than the rest? A quick look at the App Store shows more than 50,000 five-star reviews. How's that for customer satisfaction? It's just a better process. SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web, and then it rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. Finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map. SeatGeek breaks down the details. Green dots mean good deals. Red dots are overpriced. And every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. And by the way, we all have the SeatGeek app on our phones, and it's by far the fastest Easiest way to find tickets, Tristan, just use that app to buy tickets to a baseball game. And our friend Tom, who's in my Vampire League, used SeatGeek for for a game, I think, in Pittsburgh this weekend. And he gave me credit because I've been talking about SeatGeek so much on this show all season long. That's how awesome they are. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. And all you need to do is use the promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code FFB for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code FFB for $10 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. Temple has a question. This is a really important question. <laughs> Rank the parms. Chicken, meatball, egg, and shrimp. Researcher egg, note. Uh, eggplant. Eggplant. Uh, where's veal parm on this? Oh, so I'm going to include it. Veal, chicken, meatball, eggplant, which I'm saying no to right away. And shrimp. No, absolutely not. So it's veal, chicken, and you meatball. Don't, you never, have you ever had shrimp parm? No. I've never had shrimp. I don't like seafood. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Much See, like that's the you thing. You're like... going to scratch shrimp because you're not a big fan of that. I'm going to scratch veal because I'm not a big fan of it. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not sure we can be friends. You don't like because veal I... parm? I, I like it. I'm just not a big fan of veal. Why? I just don't like it that much. Just don't. Sometimes people just don't like a certain thing. I Sometimes I don't like you. I don't like pork chops very much either. Too much work. Love pulled pork. Yeah, exactly. That's You got it. You nailed it. If it's done for me, I love it. <laughs> like, but... I don't even like chicken wings anymore. I like the boneless. You call me there, whatever name you want, but when I go to Buffalo Wild Wings, I get the boneless. You, you do, do realize that, that boneless chicken wings are chicken fingers, right? Yeah, I don't care. I like chicken fingers a lot. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I do. <laughs> All right, so I'm ranking chicken this. Chicken finger parm. <laughs> I, I'll grant you go that I'd take chicken parm over veal. I'll go chicken, meatball, veal. And then deep down, shrimp and eggplant, which I don't want. I will go, and I'm going to assume here that we're making it with at least 90% accuracy. So in other words, you know, it's good, because otherwise that... I, mean, it's good. I assume it's good, or else well, why would I would need it. Because some people make bad parm, and I've said this all the time. You want to find out how an Italian restaurant is, get their chicken parm. If their chicken parm's no good, you don't want to be at that place ever, period. It's the best de- definer of the quality of the Italian restaurant. Eggplant parm, chicken parm, meatball parm. I'll give you the veal parm and then the shrimp parm. Wait, wait. Did you just rank eggplant parm number one? Yes, indeed. When it is done right, it is outstanding. What is wrong with you? Eggplant parm is the best way to have eggplant. By far, it's not even in the... All right, all right. We need time. I have to jump in here. I I agree. Producer Uh, Troy agrees. You don't even like fantasy sports, Troy. Why are you even producing this show? But I like eggplant parm. Okay, I'll turn myself off. All right, so we'll make this fantasy eggplant parm podcast for Thursday. Tom, Tom, help can I us. get someone new? Can, is AJ available this Thursday? Isn't, this isn't going to help you. I can say that as the vegetarian in the crowd, uh, you know, <laughs> it's the eggplant, eggplant parm all the way. Although the turkey leg parm might be interesting. Oh, the turkey leg parm. Wow. Tom, to the I've point about eggplant, control. isn't it still a big step above other ways to have eggplant? Uh, definitely. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. If you do it right, oh, yeah. But it's got to be done right. If it's done wrong, it's just horrible. It's terrible. I've yeah. really enjoyed hosting the Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast <laughs> for the last five years, but 
my time has come to an end. The run is <laughs> over. Um, I can't in. I, I can't We've do it anymore. Down. Yeah. Well, you wore me down in the last five minutes. I, I can't do it anymore. Like this is a, a stunning announcement for me, just like Andrew Luck. But um, hold on, I got to pause. Farm, no. I got to change my fantasy can't podcast host rankings here. Give me a moment. <laughs> the host rankings. Uh, you're off the list, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I was never on the list. I mean, of the Tommy first Cavanaugh place. hasn't even hosted yet. He's ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, the intern's ahead. <laughs> Andrew Luck's ahead. Oh, boy. Um, let's help some people. Ryan has yeah. a question. Uh, two keeper scenarios. Javi Baez, one year, round eight, and Devers. Raphael Devers, two years, round nine. Or Bo Bichette. I assume Bo. Two years, round 19. Wow. So Baez and Devers are steals. They're going in round one and two next season. Bo Bichette's probably going in round three or four, right? We love him. Oh, wait. <laughs> the pace no, I read this wrong. So it's Baez and Devers or Bichette. So Baez is one of them and Devers or Bichette. And then the Baez other scenario. Is definitely one and then it's a pick of the other two. Okay. And then the other one is Devers one year round seven and Bichette two years round 19. So Bichette, he could keep either way. But would you keep, would you keep Bichette two years round 19 over Devers two years round nine? I don't know if I could do that. Devers is a monster. At some point. Wow. Beca- yes. At some That's... point, the round becomes irrelevant. Raphael Devers is going to go late round one, early round two. So, right. and he runs too. So I, I think I would keep Devers even with the 10 round mix of, of the round. Yeah. When it comes to the round, think of what the difference between second round, which is where Devers presumably goes right now compared to ninth round and the likelihood he's going to hit and turn in that much profit. And then the difference between what's a typical ninth round pick and an 18th round pick from ninth to 18th. It gets a lot more variable in terms of the return. It's a little bit more known when you're talking from second and ninth. So I agree with you. I think Devers at nine is a. I mean, I gotta go with more of a sure thing there. Even if, even with the ten round difference. And and I love that that Bichette price is great. It's not it's not an incorrect decision. You gotta go with the best two, don't you? The known known commodities. So then it comes down to would he keep Bias in round eight or Bichette in round nineteen for an extra year? And again, it's probably Bias. Wait, so you could keep Devers and Bichette? Well, he has two scenarios here. Right, so. right. But I'm basically saying to you, Baez, one year round eight, or Bichette, two years round 19. Who do you prefer there? I would take Bichette for two years. Yeah. You know what? And I, I like Baez a lot. Year, I would do that, too. There's something to be said about the two years versus the one as well. No, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, Jack Jeff has a question. Jack Flaherty versus Noah Syndergaard next season. we got to rank Syndergaard ahead of Flaherty, right? I mean, Flaherty's been great of late. But it's almost like Jose Ramirez. I don't know if I can trust him. Flaherty's got some big splits here, don't you think? Splits of? First half, second half? I wonder whether Yeah, I wonder whether he was working on things before and he's working up to a full workload. Been great of late. I I love Flaherty. I do. You would take Flaherty over Syndergaard? I ranked it today. Yeah, they'd probably be right next to each other. I... I mean, here's what I'm talking about. Flaherty had a 4.64 ERA in the first half of the season in 18 starts. In eight starts since, he's 4-0 with a 0.73 and a 0.811 whip. Is Jack Flaherty a future top 10 starting pitcher, or is this a, just a good run of uh, six weeks? Oh, he's a future top 10 starting pitcher. Okay. He's and the it, major's leader in ERA since the All-Star break, and, I mean, that's how exceptional he's been. I don't think people realize that he was that good. I, I think either. he's a future top 10 guy. Yeah, is Cindergard right. next year... Mm, Syndergaard's not in my top 10 next year. 
But you know what? I, what are you going to do with Trevor Bauer? You want to talk about a guy who's ruining yeah. his like value? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I have a hunch that we're going to see thirteen and fifteen on these two guys for next year's rankings. And for me, Flaherty I, I ahead. Like Flaherty ahead, yeah. Right. But Bauer is Bauer beneath them? Yeah, now he is. He's trending that way. I'm concerned. Don't you have to be concerned? I still think there's so much there to say top 20 today. But, yeah, we, we were just talking about this the other day. He is. What is wrong? He's what is obliterating going on? His, his projection for next year. Well, in a way, that shouldn't be the case. Because we know what he is and what he's capable of. It's a ton of strikeouts. But maybe he's just but something's wrong. But he could wrong. be Chris Archer. He, he could be. It could be Samarja-like. The old, the old Samarja. I, I, I just wonder, like, he's not in a pennant race. He's kind of, he's a different t- kind of guy. I want to watch what I say here. I just, maybe not trying as hard. Maybe he's trying new things. He's like, ah, oh, these last five weeks don't matter so much. I'm trying new things. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't no want to disregard Bauer next season because I know he's, what he's capable of. We saw it last year. I wish Going I, could tell you I knew what it was. I mean, did, I, we, we, we genuinely have no idea what it is. He's a, he's a great, Capable, talented pitcher. I I don't know why this is going on. Last one is about food. Andrew Barney, my wife and I are heading to Philadelphia to watch our Pirates take on Eric's Phil's Monday. The important question is where should we eat in the stadium? All right, so, you know, we have photographic evidence of Tristan getting grease all over his shirt from a turkey leg at Bull's Barbecue. Bull's Barbecue is fantastic. Um, you had the turkey leg. I had the – I used to get the pulled pork. This season I had, what, the uh, the roast beef? Yeah. You did you? Yeah, I think it was the roast beef. Or what is it? You know the shredded. What is that called? The pulled pork? No, not that. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, the, brisket. It's, brisket. That's it. Brisket. The brisket. That yes. was really good. Yeah. Dump some sauce they, on it. They uh, they have the combo, don't they? Have the three? Yeah, they also have the combo where you can get like three of the, like their five meats. Um, mm-hmm. baked beans are good. The corn. The okay. um. What else do you like there? Obviously, cheesesteak places are in abundance there. Yep. Hoagies are as well. You like do you like the fries with the the, uh, the crab, crab fries? fries? Yeah. They, the only problem I have with the crab fries is that it's awfully big. It's got to be shared with at least three people. I don't see how that's a problem. <laughs> I, I have a friend who did once down the entire bucket himself, and it didn't go well after that. Seems uh, unwise. I will say that turkey leg. If you were into turkey legs, the value on that. I mean, for the price of what it was, considering the size, and I got the sides and everything, I don't I was, even look at the price anymore. I was amazed for for what you pay at ballparks now. I understand that, Tristan, but like, if you're at a ballpark, you're already you know on a special outing, and you're like, all right, this turkey leg is eight dollars or twelve dollars. Like, I don't care if I want it, I want it. You know, like, what's four dollars in the big picture? I'll, or, I'll make Tom care. It might not matter to you here, but I'll make Tom. You guys care. don't even eat meat anymore. What's wrong with you? Right, but I eat meat. Come on, are you kidding me? Uh, it was mine, which which was the turkey leg, and it was the the two sides was three dollars less than a certain adult beverage. And I'm going to bet that Tom agrees that that's good value. Well, I think I'd go for the beer though. <laughs> well, yeah, and I did <laughs> anyway, but I was kind of shocked at that price, and then counter shocked by the turkey leg. I went for the beer twenty minutes ago, Tristan. <laughs> I think. Well, how dare you not ask me? <laughs> Troy's listening to, you know, other podcasts while he's doing this one. <laughs> you didn't even mention the Shake Shacks. Right I'm now. so disoriented after this this show. I don't even know where to go. I, I, I between Troy's announcement you and so you on the eggplant. Eggplant parm. Uh, it's, it's not real. It's not real. Have you had an eggplant parm? I've tasted it. My wife keeps getting it, and she does it just to mess with me because she knows I won't take any of her food. That's why she orders it. Oh. 
She's like, well, I don't want you stealing my food. I want to save it for leftovers, which you'll never eat. But she does it so I can't eat her food. Well, I don't want eggplant. So I know from now on, anytime I see you, to order the eggplant parm. I won't see you anymore. Oh. We're not meeting up anymore. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> we still have to go to 87 Burgers or whatever that place is. You're on your own. I drove right by there the other day. I'm just kind of like, it's 80. I, I keep raising the number. It's 95 Burgers. Uh, yeah. Jim Tomey's birthday is on Tuesday. Michael Franco turns 27 today. Enjoy being an Oriole next year, Michael. Thank you for the great seasons. It, you you want to talk about inconsistency? Well, that means he's going to break through with like 45 homers next year because you know age 20 probably is. We're done for today, and and that's it for the season. Fantasy focus baseball is over. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean to eggplant. I'm sure it's really good, and lots of people like it. But man, I, I give me that chicken and veal all day long. I could live on that. Oh, man, what is wrong? I, I'm with gonna me? go back and try the veal again. I you know. Like, I love going to the Italian market, my kid getting some nice veal in Philly. Oh, man. What, I, you know, my wife will bread it nicely and, oh, mind you. Maybe but I like haven't you, had it breaded right. Yeah. I know you make your own chicken parm and credit, oh, yeah. all credit due. I've had it once, once in 15 years of knowing you. All right. Come on up tonight. We have to have it. I'm just, no, I have a draft every night this week, so I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much do too, but come on. We'll both draft together, have chicken parm together. It'll be great. That's all for today's show. We will be back on Thursday and beyond. Thank you so much for listening to our little fantasy focus baseball for Troy Farkas, Tom Carpenter, and Tristan Eggplant Cockcroft. I'm Eric Carabell. Have an awesome week. <laughs> Everything is awesome. Try the veal. What is wrong with you?